right, folks, welcome to the show. Yeah. It's a good uh, gray, rainy day here in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. The uh, April shower is coming early because it's only March. And uh, we're out of the comfy confines of our normal studio. Yeah, I got a, I got a sick household, so um, we're doing it from the shop today. Um, so we want to thank our new sponsor, new sponsor of the podcast, and that is Bits and Bits. Yeah. Um, big fans of Bits and Bits. It's basically the only place we go for router bits these days and, and you know, for the last couple of years. Um, so if you haven't checked out Bits and Bits, um, we'll tell you a little bit about them. They, uh, they have a shop out in Oregon and they're actually producing router bits there. Um, you know, used in handheld routers, CNC routers, router tables, and, um, you know, they run the gamut from sort of hobbyist level all the way to, you know, high production shops. Uh, they make spiral bits from one eighth inch shank to half inch shank and from a one thirty second cutting diameter to a half inch cutting diameter. So they're making a wide range of, uh, of bits out there. Yeah. Some fine work. Yeah, and they um they coat all their bits with an Astra coating, so it's a their proprietary blend. It's a nano coating, and it um it helps the bits run cooler. Which obviously, you know, if you work with sharp tools, you know, keeping them cool um, keeps them sharper for longer. So, yeah, we're we're not just uh, sponsorees here. We're dedicated users. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're the only factory that's authorized to astrocoat white side bits. So we end up, um, because, uh, we use a lot of different edge profiles for different type of jobs. We end up buying these astrocoated white side bits a lot, which are really nice. Um, and they have uh, flush trim bits, roundovers, chamfers, rabbiting, all kinds of different stuff. And, uh, they're also a festival dealer. So if you need, um, router accessories, domino accessories, that's sort of what they specialize in. Um, the consumables, you know, right? Yeah. Your dominoes, your, uh, domino cutters, stuff like that. So yeah, check them out. Uh, we have a coupon code for 15% off. That is American craftsman. So, uh, if you want to help support the podcast, head over to bits and bits and, uh, get yourself a nice router bit and support another American company. Yeah. Yeah. Great guys out there. Uh, so let's jump into the show. Uh, we're at episode 27. <laughs> so we're the second episode of the Victorian period. And we're going to be talking about uh, furniture design and influences. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, as we go through these uh, periods, we're learning as well. I mean, you know, we weren't encyclopedias on all this stuff. So it's really interesting because when you think about uh, Victorian, we're typically, uh, you know, we think of like Victorian houses yep. and then Victorian fashion. Um and you figure that Victorian furniture had its own little uh, definitive thing, but it was really uh, an amalgam of all of the previous styles. I see a pattern forming. <laughs> We're going to have to hit that on every period. Yes. <laughs> no single style emerged as the dominant in the homes of early Victorians. And, uh, Rather, furniture designers, and now, because of the Industrial Revolution, manufacturers, they drew on, or as I put it, ransacked a <laughs> multitude of styles from earlier periods in history. There was Gothic, Tudor, Elizabethan, Renaissance, or Renaissance. Renaissance. <laughs> uh, English Rococo and Neoclassical. 
they were all sort of battling it out for prominence. Or um, prominence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Gothic Revival was probably the most, I put in quotes, important is in terms of, of furniture history. Um, but the more exuberant, flamboyant style of the Rococo revival was probably the more popular, you know, when you went into um, the movers and shakers' homes, the people with money. That's that's really what they wanted to do. It was a very... Uh, very flounce-heavy design. <laughs> yes, they had flounce during the Victorian era. <laughs> um, the design of much Victorian furniture was widely based on older furniture designs, as I say. Uh, in the first part of Victoria, Queen Victoria's reign, many design styles were simply copies of the earlier ones. Um, and the period was characterized by more, pen <laughs> pension, more attention paid to surface decoration. Uh, things like gilding and uh, mountings and inlays, mm. you know, sort of like... Uh, Pasting stuff onto the exterior. Right. Yeah. Which is, um, well, it's kind of similar to like during the, um, I guess it was the colonial mm. or from the early American to the colonial, they went from these flat carvings to more of a, uh, like a raised carving, you know? Right. Right. And this works hand in glove with the, the manufacturing processes, you know, you're mm -hmm. reducing the craftsmanship. And you're just sort of like sticking things on so it looks good from the outside or as uh, we like to describe, <laughs> good from far, yeah. far from good. Looks good from my driveway. <laughs> uh, yeah, like sort of like pulling parts off a shelf and just putting them on. Yeah, we have a picture of a Victorian upholstered chair. And That's funny because I was uh, making an Instagram post this morning and I Googled Victorian furniture and this is actually, this came up. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, in, um, in the last couple of periods, upholstery has really jumped up in uh, popularity because of the, um, the, not the cheapness, but the availability, you know, became a much less expensive. Right, yeah, because of the textile cloth. industry. Yeah. They had all those good kids working. <laughs> Take advantage of that cheap labor. <laughs> I think you're mistaken. The kids were putting the labels on the bottles. Yeah. <laughs> the adolescents were. <laughs> Well, the kids had to stick their hands in the textile machines, get them all, yeah. all unstuck. They had those nice yeah. small hands. Right. So you could see um, what we're talking about. The the This is looks like a pretty nicely made piece, actually. Yeah. Um, Very solid. Carvings instead of appliques. Mm -hmm. um, but the design on the, on the upholstery, you could see is a lot of colors, vibrant design. Yeah. Um, looks like... Uh, what is that? Flowers up there, and yeah, sort of like uh, I don't know what you would call that. It's kind of like a French curve. Yeah, yeah. Little uh, wheels on the feet. Right, right. Which is something that we noticed. Uh, was it last episode, or maybe even in the? Uh, yeah, I think the Shakers that? invented em those. Yeah. <laughs> is it okay to lay off the Shakers? From our hands to God's ears. Is that what they say? Yeah, something, something like that. Like that. <laughs> you can see the shape is sort of a carryover from like the Queen Anne. Mm -hmm. um, if this had like a wooden splat, it would look 
right. very much like a Queen Anne chair. All right, there's really nothing new. It is um, sort of, you know, a combination of parts and different styles from uh, previous era. Yeah. Um, and that's what uh, Victorian furniture design was all about, you know, combinations. It, it, I see a lot of parallels between, like, current times. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is nice. The, the upholstery for me is the killer. Right. Like, if it was, like, a nice, like, a maroon like a burgundy or like a hunter green or something. Mm -hmm. I think I would like it more, but it just, you know, there's a lot of, it's like buff yellow, blue, pink and tan. And you can kind of see the, the influence on, on that style of furniture that's carried forward through to today. Like you could, with a different upholstery pattern, you could see that dining room chair kind of, you know, around a, a fancy table. Yeah. I mean, not our style necessarily, right. but um, it looks like it's in the style of one of those things you'd see like a dining room set at like a, a big box kind of furniture outlet where uh -huh. it was trying to be fancy. Yep. So uh, let's see. Conversely, many later Victorian designs were more about structure and shape. So in the early part of it, it was about sort of showy, but not so well built. And then they kind of came around and mm -hmm. got into creating a little bit better, a little bit better furniture. Medieval styles such as heavily carved pieces in Norman and Gothic style were commissioned and purchased by the Victorian New Rich. Mm. The New Rich. Is that a thing anymore? <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's new poor. I think all those tickets have been sold. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. But, but we digress. Other pieces featured knights with the K and ladies painted into the surfaces and onto the surfaces and also heavily encrusted furniture inspired by much older pieces. Mm. Encrusted. I like it. Yeah, we hadn't we hadn't come across that word yet in no. the description of furniture. Encrusted. Uh, so how can you identify Victorian furniture? Um, due to the fact that the Victorians copied older designs when creating furniture, identifying whether a piece is Victorian or older can be tricky. Uh, but we've uh, compiled some uh, some little bit of facts here to help us. Here are some tips. How to identify Victorian furniture. Write these down. <laughs> Key identifiers of Victorian furniture. Uh, it was usually made from walnut for smaller pieces, uh, such as small tables, and mahogany for larger pieces, such as wardrobes, uh, dining tables, and bookcases. Hmm. Um, sometimes these pieces featured flame mahogany veneers and used walnut and rosewood for decoration. Uh, on exam for example, a tabletop. I'm gonna have to uh, ask Chad when we when we go on the Working Hands podcast <laughs> on Sunday if he's got any tips for staining things to look like mahogany. I know he's got the walnut down. Yeah, but mahogany is a different story. <laughs> the one thing I love about Chad is he really owns everything. Yeah, he's like stained to look like walnut. Yeah. he's not shying away from it. No. I, so I got to admire him for that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you guys have to check out. Um, so let's see, we're going to record with them on Sunday. 
So I believe that episode will be out on Wednesday. They're releasing now. So Wednesday, uh, let's see, that's a week from yesterday, which will be the 30th, March 30th. Mm. You have to check out uh, Working Hands podcast where, uh, you know, we'll be guests on the show. Yeah, just a couple of days before our fishing trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, eight days away. Yeah, counting down. Yeah. So back to the Victorian furniture. Uh, chairs in the Victorian era were more curved in design than earlier pieces, and usually of three main styles. There's the spoonback armchair, which uh, that that photo we were looking at, that was probably an example of that. Yeah. With a buttoned or plain upholstered backrest, scrolled arms and toes, and carved legs. Yeah, definitely. That sounds about right. Definitely yeah. looked like a spoon. Let's see if uh, this brings up the same picture. That would be curious. No. But um, first dibs. This is a big uh, unavailable. There you go. I like the uh, the angle on this kind of mm -hmm. laid back. Yeah, I the tough thing. I mean, this is definitely something that you'd think of uh, if you were talking about Victorian furniture. Yeah. What's going on here? How come I can't? Uh... They call these salon chairs. Yeah, look at the carving up here and the, mm -hmm. the crest rail. Um, the closest thing I, we could sort of see in in our home would be kind of almost looks like a an upholstered dining room chair. Um, there's the armed and the armless. Yeah, I could see in like a, in a parlor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have parlors? No. Do they still have parlors? <laughs> Where you go and, you know, sit down for a spell. Right. Well, that's what they were for in, in the Victorian times, you know, sitting rooms and uh, the salon, as they called it. So when you showed up, uh, you presented your card mm -hmm. and you'd sit down and wait for the people of the house because... Uh, you know, it's probably a servant answering the door. Yep. But it's, uh, you know, it's fully upholstered and all the wood that's showing has some sort of carving in it. Yeah. I really like this arm armchair version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it adds a little bit more balance to the piece, having yeah. the arms, doesn't it? This looks like a little off balance. Right. Like it's like, like it'll fall over. Mm-hmm. And it's got those wheels on it again. Yeah. And they're like, the way they cantilever just seems like they're just going to snap off. Right, yeah. Especially this back one. I know, right? They're they're just like little tiny, what, what would you say those are? Inch? In, yeah. Inch and a quarter, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I don't even know what these would be made out of. They're white. Yeah. They didn't have plastic back then. Rhino tusk. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> It's a giraffe's horn <laughs> after they skin Unicorn, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, um, if you're ever interested in looking up, uh, pictures of furniture, first dibs is a good site. Yeah. Um, they have a lot. We, we often, uh, default to photos from that site because, um, uh, it's, it's a big antique online antique dealers so yeah. you know there's people who have an incentive to take good pictures of these antiques because That's they're right. trying to sell them <laughs> it's for, they're for sale yeah so that was the spoon back chair um the second of the three main styles is the nursing chair hmm. um 
And oh, there's, so that's, that's the, the original. Wow. So it's it's got a little bit more straight up posture. Yeah. Um, no arms. But the, the same basic components. Yeah. A little less flare on mm -hmm. the uh from the seat up to the the crest rail. Yeah. You could see where how they constructed it, you know, now as time has passed, you could see the joints the, as the wood changes yeah, up here. tone at, through the here. decades. Yep. That, which is interesting. You know, we're always sort of like the furniture detectives. Like, how'd they do that? Yeah, and these are high wear surfaces because you're picking it up from here. Mm -hmm. And, you know. I like that red color. Yeah, if it, the whole thing was that. Mm -hmm. A little much, too much going on there for me. Um. The balloon back chair is the third, and it, it, this was used around the dining room table. Has an open circular backrest, and just the base is upholstered. Let's take a look at the balloon back chair. Oh, these are looking very Chippendale. I was—you took the words right out of my mouth. This is some interesting fabric. Is that leather? I don't know. It could or be crushed suede. velvet. Yeah. Like a crushed velvet. You've got some Clismo kind of legs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast and you haven't looked up a, uh, a Clismos chair by now, you're really missing out because um, you have to be somewhat of a, a furniture, a woodworking nerd to be, you know, enjoying this podcast. And once you see the Clismos chair, you're going to now see it everywhere like yeah you, you know half of the the dentist's offices i mean the kind of places that have like real furniture in them right maybe not a dentist but like my my optometrist they had them. yeah <laughs> well yeah it's like you know such an old design that it's been you know injected into everything mm -hmm. into the future those weird thing about these chairs how asymmetrical they are yes i mean is this off center is it just the I mean, it is. It's, it's like there's a right and a left. Yeah. Almost. Oh, no, no. But those are two lefties. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. do like this. They have it scooped out for your legs, the backs mm -hmm. of your legs. I'm not sure what you call that. But the front of the chair is like a, uh, not, an, like a not an S curve, S. but a, I don't know what you would call that. Yeah. What do you call that on? Because. They have like chest of drawers that have that same kind of yeah. curve on it. It's like an S with just an extra right. little arc on it. It's like two S's kind mm -hmm. of. <clears throat> yeah, the carvings, the relief carvings, or the no, those are those that wouldn't be a relief carving. What that goes all the way um, through. An open carving. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the splat is like um a flower in the center, but then these sort of, I mean, they kind of look like acanthus leaves mm -hmm. going in opposite directions. So it's, they're very asymmetrical. I, I can't think of another time sort of I've seen that. Irregular up here. Yeah, very, kind of gives them a strange look. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to look at just the base, like, yeah, it looks, oh, oh look at that. All looks normal. And then you get up here. It's Yeah. This is real heavy right here, whereas it's real light over here. And there's this pearl or whatever right here. Yeah. But nothing on this side. 
very weird. I, I think this is the first asymmetrical example we've seen. Yeah. Is it? Possibly. I mean, I could see maybe like a Duncan Fife or something. Mm -hmm. doing but in something this whack. kind of sort of classic style. Yeah. Definitely, huh? Um, so those were the three types of chairs. The nursing chair, the spoon back chair, and the balloon back chair. Uh, the balloon back um, being what we would call like the dining room chair without upholstery on the back. Yeah, and I'd say at least that example, uh, <laughs> not much resemblance to a balloon. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're talking. I wonder if they mean the balloon like that went around the world in 80 days. Yeah, could be. <laughs> was it 80 days or 180 days? Around, around the, world the world in 80, 80 days. days. 80 it, days. It was 80 yeah. days. I, this is the same time period. Well, yeah, I guess it would yeah. probably be like late Victorian. I uh, There's this guy whose YouTube videos always come up for me. What the hell's his name? I forget, but it's like... Uh, Tasting history or something it's called. Oh, yeah, and yeah. He He's that TV show, right? Is that the guy uh, that cooks over the fire? No, no. Oh, oh. no. That guy's good. That's yeah. a German guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He cooks at that place in Philly. Like, okay. it's like some, like, Thomas Jefferson or some some president, old president thing. But, no, this guy's, like, a YouTube guy. And he takes, like, old recipes. and But he's doing uh, all about Titanic this month because oh. the Titanic sank, whatever, April 15th or something. Yeah, close to uh, my birthday. But he was doing like the, uh, what the third class on the Titanic was eating. <laughs> and he's going to do more on like what the second and first class, but. Cream of wheat. Yeah. I don't remember where I was going with this, but it's of the same sort of era. You know, that was yeah. 1912. Right. Um, yeah. Late Victorian. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the around the world in 80 days. Oh yeah. That's probably what made me think of it. <clears throat> yeah. So um, we're trying to. You know, give you guys some tips on how to identify Victorian furniture since it is such a um, a mashup of previous styles. Yeah. Um, we got chest of drawers, uh, usually made out of mahogany, uh, at least the upmarket versions. Uh, and uh, the working folk had uh, pine um, versions. Hmm. And the bow front... Was that what we were looking for? Yeah. I wanted to say break front for some reason, but I know that's something different. Yeah. Uh, bow fronted. So chest of drawers were usually made of mahogany and pine. They were bow fronted, which had outswept curving fronts. And uh, they had simple square fronted chests with rounded corners and edges. Uh, the feet were either raised uh, upon shaped blocks or turn bun feet uh, and were fitted with turn knob drawer pulls. Hmm. See what this Victorian chest of drawers looks like. Oh, that's, okay. that's much simpler than I was uh, anticipating. Yeah. Some mild curved front. I mean, that's not a bad looking piece. No. No, I mean, it's a little dingy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But if it was cleaned up, <laughs> I mean the condition is a little is a little warm, but yeah. Um but I I like the I like the dimensions of it. Inset drawers, a little yep. is that a little bead around the edge or it's hard to tell. That or some string and lay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a bead. Um not a big fan of that style of pull, but it no. goes with the furniture, I suppose, and the yep. period. This is definitely mahogany. Yep. 
Nice sort of thumbnail profile on the top. Yeah, nice thick top. There's those bun feet we yeah. were talking about. And, uh, you know, a simple rectangular case uh, aside from the, the bowed front. But the drawers are nice. Um, you know, they all match the curve of the top and the and the case all the way down. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah, the old two over three. <laughs> the old two over three. That's nice. Yeah. Um, as brass decorative handles were commonly used in the Georgian period, uh, if these handles are found on a chest of drawers, then they have either been added later or the chest is not Victorian. Huh. So That's funny you know? because you really associate brass, like the brass backplate, which I guess really, see, like I associate Victorian furniture with Queen Anne furniture. Mm -hmm. um, I guess because there was this Queen Anne revival during the Victorian period with homes and furniture. Right. Um, so those brass backplate handles are really something that I think of as Victorian. Yeah. Um, that's a surprising little factoid. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. They they wanted to sort of uh, borrow, we'll, we'll say, from previous periods. Yeah. Um, tables were designed in a much wider range of styles during the Victorian period and as such can be more tricky to identify. However, common factors in Victorian tables are the following. Washstands would be made from oak or pine. It sounds like one of those guys uh, from the Antiques Roadshow. You ever see him looking yeah. at it? Oh, yeah. yeah so, oh, this is, this is cherry, so this is not Victorian. <laughs> uh, console and hall tables and writing desks used mahogany. Center tables and game tables were typically finished in walnut or rosewood. Mm. And often Victorian tables had a very decorative carved base. Wow. wow that's jeez. That's ornate. Don't catch your shin on that thing. <laughs> We're looking at a, a table, an oval table. Is it oval? Uh I or think it's a it? circle. Yeah. Um, four intricately carved legs and stretcher. And the apron is all carved. Yeah. Again, Those this huge table little, on like a yeah. three-quarter inch wheel. Yeah, that looks that looks little brass, bronze, little bronze yeah. right? Really dark. Yeah, big urn in the bottom center with these acanthus, like reversing acanthus leave stretchers going out to curved legs yeah it's um is that stained to look like walnut <laughs> well this is probably a game table so it could be rosewood <laughs> yeah back when they could still get that stuff yeah yeah it, it's very very dark and and rich at the same time it looks like it weighs about 550 pounds mm -hmm. yeah that apron's thick isn't it you know, these legs like almost look like octopus tentacles. Mm -hmm. They start out pretty thick at the top and then they go real thin at the bottom and then sit on this tiny little wheel. Yeah, I wonder how that was, uh, uh, I guess I'll call it the stretcher. I wonder how they're joined. Is it like, is there just 
Some sort of like a dowel or, or something. Biscuit. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that Pot this hole. is this is one solid piece. You know, from yeah, here all yeah. the way to here. And then yeah, I don't know, it's maybe a tenon. I mean it took some execution, took some craftsmanship there. Oh yeah. I mean even <laughs> the backside of the legs is carved are carved. Mm-hmm. That's insane. We got a Victorian desk. Huh. Oh, this came up this morning too when I was looking at stuff. I kind of like that. This kind of got like a federal feel to it. Yeah. Like the Resolute desk. Right. It, um, sort of like uh, it's a rectangular structure. It's sort of uh, you sit in between two sets of drawers yep but it's open at the bottom yeah with like a sh little shelf now are these this is not brass hardware that's what i would think i mean what else would it be could be bronze but they do look like they're two different colors this one oh being, that one down there and and they are different designs too yeah but like this is what i think of when i think this backplate brass right. backplate hardware Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Uh, a lot more rectilinear than um, most of the stuff we're looking yeah, at. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Hard to control this uh, display over here. Right. Much less flowery than that last table, which makes sense. I mean, if it's a, a writing desk, it's probably in a, like a gentleman's office or something like that. Yeah. Like this looks like something you see in like a lawyer's office. Mm -hmm. Right. Or a bank. Yeah. I could see this like at, you know, like a bunch of them lined up in a bank with bankers sitting at them. With those um, tufted leather sofas, those green or, yeah. you know, burgundy leather sofas with mm -hmm. the deep tufting. Yeah. People smoking cigars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even given all that, identification can still be difficult. Um because it's often revivalist in style. It adopts stylistic motifs from other periods uh, and creating huge waves of revivals with nostalgic nods to the past. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the myths or misconceptions? It's a myth that all Victorian furniture has the same look. Well, the, there you go. That desk and the table are two yeah. good examples. With a number of styles during the different decades of that period, there are a number of types of Victorian furniture, like modern Gothic or Egyptian revival. Hmm. So uh, if you say Victorian furniture, there's just not one, one uh, definitive style. I guess right. that's how we open this episode, yeah. saying there really isn't one definitive Victorian furniture style. Um not like Chippendale or um, the Shakers that had these very, very... Um, Identifiable styles. Yeah, concrete. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, uh, we'll go through some of the uh, revival styles of the Victorians. There's the Gothic revival. Uh, Gothic period was the 12th to the 15th century, uh, a long time ago originating from French Gothic architecture in the early 12th century. 
I always think about those churches, like with the flying buttresses on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, think about like a uh, haunted mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Gru's house in uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, exactly. Because you can see heavy influence of medieval Gothic architecture in the 19th century uh, with the Gothic revival style imitating the castles and glorious cathedrals of Europe. Um, yeah, like what's the cathedral in Paris that burnt down recently? Oh, Notre Dame. Yeah, like that's a very gothic. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we see some nods to that in the houses around here sometimes, like the widow's... Widow's uh, walk. walk. Yeah, yeah, you know, like those those square kind of... Uh, I don't want to call it a turret, but like those... Yeah, a um, cupola. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the... And we have a lot of Victorian-era homes here. Yeah. Um... In fact, uh, yours is almost, mine's definitely late Victorian, but it's a farmhouse, so it doesn't really have any um, any typical, like it doesn't, it may have had some of that uh, gingerbread yeah. stuff back in its early days, but it has just plain uh, wood siding on the bottom half, and it's got asbestos shingles oh, yeah. on the second floor. I got so. them too, they're just covered with aluminum. <laughs> I guess my, my house would be a four square. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was built, you know, just after the end of um, yeah. the Victorian era. 1923. Uh, mine was just like right around the turn of the century, 1900. Or 25, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So it was definitely a, um, the time period. Yeah. I've got cedar, asbestos, and <laughs> aluminum. The trifecta. Yeah. Can't wait to replace all that. Somebody's getting paid to do that. Oh, God. I mean, I thought I, you know, it's like when we moved in here, I was like, yeah, wood siding, blah, blah, blah. But it's so much maintenance. I mean, to paint every spring, I always say to myself, I'm going to paint one side of the house. <laughs> you can keep that shit. I was like, you know, if I just pick up one side, you know, I could go out here on like a Saturday and like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a breeze. <laughs> um, so we'll get back, let's get back to the Gothic revival. Uh, Victorian Gothic furniture took on the style of detailed carving and geometric forms and became a popular aesthetic in the 19th century. We're talking about the late 19th century, 18, late 1800s. Intricate carvings mark out this style with wood such as rosewood, which we saw on that table, oak, walnut were used to craft the pieces and heavy fabrics would often be used like velvet. Yeah. Or leather. I like that. Yeah. Um, designers favored foliate motifs. Uh, I, I'm guessing that means floral. Yeah. Like leaves. Foliage, leaves. Yeah. For ornamentation and would incorporate elements such as Pointed arches, spires, quatrefoils, trefoils, and crockets. I don't know. A crocket? I don't know what a crocket is. We're gonna have to look that up. We know like quatrefoils and trefoils. We know those because um, of our work, uh, our liturgical work, doing work in the churches. 
A crocket is a small, independent, decorative element common in Gothic architecture. The name derives from the diminutive of the French croc, meaning hook, oh. due to, to the resemblance of crockets to a bishop's crossier. Crossier. <laughs> we just stepped out of the wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They're like little, uh, I don't know what, the, what you would call it. It's a small, independent, decorative element. And what you see, what I see, yes, is a lot of, um, imagine all the ornate um, carvings and appendages on these Gothic buildings. Uh -huh. And they're sort of shrinking them down and, and adding them into the furniture. Yep. Um. So we have a, an example here of a Victorian fire grate, which is typical of the Gothic Revival style. It's a, it's a pair of tall, ornate um, hip grates with andirons and a rope twist bound foliate rondelles. <laughs> Let's see a picture. Maybe we could describe it better than that. Westland, London, and page we have not Page found. Not Found. Son of a... Son of a biscuit. That's how long it's been since uh created this outline. Well Well, we can surely picture it in our heads. Yes. I can see the foliate round drills right now. <laughs> oh, here's our favorite word. Yeah. After Gothic revival comes the Jacobean revival. Yeah. The Jacobean revival started in the 1870s and combined the trend for factory-made furniture with the Jacobean period. The trend for factory-made furniture. Yeah. Oh, boy, that kind of... The beginning of the end. <laughs> the designs were adaptations of 17th century Jacobean strap work, and the furniture details would be wide and flat with ornamental molding twisted into the designs. Huh. Whatnots were popular pieces of this time, as were spindled chairs, circular tables, and storage chests. What's a whatnot? Uh, I'm going to guess that could be a relation to a knick-knack. Knick-knack paddywhack. Um, so the Jacobean revival, um, you have... That stuff more or less factory made. Hmm. Just oh. like a tiered sort of uh yeah. display kind of thing. Yeah, we we still use things like that. Yeah. I never heard it called a whatnot, but it's like a multi tiered open shelf. Oh, wow, look at this cabinet. sofa. Look at this sofa. This has nothing to do with anything, but Wow. Put on first dibs. France and Son. Terrazza sofa. Oh, yeah, you know that's Italian. I have to send this to Jacqueline. This looks like it's like right <laughs> up her alley. <laughs> um, so uh, the Jacobean designs implemented a lot of wide and flat um, surfaces. And I'm supposing that the ornamentals were added on. You know, since this is factory built stuff for yep. the most part. Um, the fabrics were dramatic, florals, nature scenes, rich patterns. Uh, but the overarching style of the Jacobean revival was 
was rigid. Um, if we remember the the we went through the Jacobean period a long yeah. time ago. Uh, very heavy, blocky. Uh, so rigid, solid-looking pieces with incised ornamentation. Hmm. Uh, see below, a Jacobean Revival oak fireplace mantle, uh, which demonstrates the ornamentation of this style, featuring a castellated shelf, a boldly carved leaf adornment, and a pair of caryatids on the jam. Ooh, I remember looking up caryatid. Isn't it a woman? Yeah, something no, like that. A... Wow. Holy cow. A lot to dissect in this. Like a monsard roof. Yes, exactly. And Here's I guess some that's... some crockets. Yep, that's what the castellated roof is. Exactly. Good call. This looks like Poseidon or I, something. I was going to say that too. That or it's an Italian Jesus. <laughs> Bearded, long hair. Mustache and like six pack, at, literally with six pack abs. Yeah. Little, I don't know. He's got a little bit of a belly down yeah, here. He's got a four pack with a belly. Okay, a there beer you belly. Go. His shoulders are scrolls. Mm-hmm. So are these the caryatids? Yes, I. Yeah, because this is a log holder. Right. I guess the caryatid could be male or female. It's a figure. Yeah. What do you call these sort of capitals? Isn't there a name for yeah, that? Yeah, that's going... Well, it's like a scroll, but I'm sure there's a, a classical... Yeah, it's a big Greek, like on top of a... Right, you know, like, like Ionic or something yeah. like that. It It's a real mishmash. Yeah, you got the this big OG, like a, basically like an upside down crown uh -huh. at the base. And those are almost like cornucopias hanging off the, yeah. the sides, right? Um, not quite. Long, long blooms of some sort. Yeah, very foliate. <laughs> and the the fire the 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 log holder looks like almost Egyptian. That's what I was thinking. I mean, right? these look like big, like stretched ears or something. And you can this see the like the, the winding yeah. snakes at the bottom. Yeah, the hands inside like a muff. Well, boy, this they really went for broke on this one, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Some good Photoshop in here, too. They blacked out the whole background. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So Victorians, they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. Yeah, as long going as it was crazy. fancy enough, right? Yeah, we're going to put some shirtless guy, two shirtless guys <laughs> on here. <laughs> With a mane of hair. Right. <laughs> that ain't no wig. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like that they carved in the belly button. Yeah. <laughs> so after the Jacobean revival, we got the Rococo revival. All right. Um, born during the reign of Louis the Fifteenth, the Rococo style mm -hmm. represented an opposition to the classical forms of the Baroque style. <laughs> There's that pattern again. The the reaction. That's probably one of the, the things that stuck with me through all of this, mm -hmm. that every design um, movement that comes is really reactionary to the one that preceded it. Yep. Uh, the high style furniture of French influence is known for its love of the natural world with flora, shells, and fruit motifs. Mm. And the Rococo revival encapsulated the grandeur of the European style. 
an expression of 19th century romanticism. I know that, I, I mean, I guess we'll look at pictures, hopefully, but they all kind of sound the same yeah. in, in the wording. Um, rosewood and mahogany were favored woods. Gold finishes were often applied to the furniture. A popular choice for the upholstery was tufting. Oh, I like a good tufted furniture. Yeah. And the pieces can often be identified by their curvaceous shapes and rounded corners. Uh, find below a Rococo revival overmantel mirror currently stocked at Westland. It's gilt wood finish, high central cartouche, and large floral scrolls perfectly exemplify this style. Let's see if this uh, Westland link works. Oh, there Ooh, we go. doggy. Wow. That's a mirror? Uh, probably some glass went in there. Yeah. So that sat on the top of a mantel shelf. Yeah, and, and you know, if you... Uh, this is like a very... Uh, I'm used to seeing more like the oval shape, but like mm -hmm. this is a very Victorian... When you think of like a Victorian mirror, right? this is what I think of. So it's it would be three um, sort of like vertically oriented horizontal panes of glass framed out by this very ornate... Yeah. Um floral carving and looks like maybe some columns wrapped with um vine and it's very gold <laughs> yeah it's all gold yeah these are like <laughs> square but uh with the corner pointing out yeah yeah this is this is super ornate yeah oh yeah um all right that i mean you could see that in like a palace or, or something like that, or somebody who was um, like a social climber trying to, um, you know, somebody who was wealthy trying to align themselves with the uh, aristocracy. Yeah. Uh, so the Renaissance revival follows Rococo revival. Um, and let's, let's hear how this is described. So by 1850, there was a resurgence in the interest for classical and Renaissance art. And the furniture this time took on these influences. Uh, Renaissance revival pieces are defined by bold features on heavy pieces of furniture. Sounds like the Jacobean. Mm -hmm. A contrast to the feminine elegance of the Rococo style. Mm. Uh, in, it incorporated the use of masculine arches, animal and human figures. So that uh, there's a lot of contradiction in... Uh, well, I'll, let's say there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Uh, instead of, so it uses animal and human figures, uh, a more masculine variety instead of the floral and natural motifs and fluted legs that imitated ancient Greek columns. Uh, the Renaissance Revival walnut chimney piece is a fine example of the Renaissance Revival style of furniture with its tapering stop fluted columns. Let's check it out. Wow. Whoa, that's tall. Let's see if we can get the whole thing in frame. I uh, I never would have been able to pick that out as Renaissance Revival. No. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I would <laughs> think that is. But, I mean, you can see the fluted columns. It, it's so much plainer than the, the last example. So, I guess yeah. it is reactionary 
um, you know, in that sense to the Rococo revival. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say it looks more similar to like some of the Queen Anne chairs that we looked at, mm -hmm. you know, with these circles here and this this curve up here. All right, but um, I don't see any... I, I guess it is, you know, you could call it more masculine in, in a sense than uh, the Rococo. Yeah, it's just heavier, you know? Right. It's not so hairy. There's some carvings. Yeah. I do like the shape on these columns. Right. I I mean, I would almost call it Jacobean, except for the, the shape of those columns, right? Yeah, and sort of this. Yeah. Got some curve here with carving. But the darkness of it, the 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 heaviness of it. Yep. Um very simple. Oh, okay. So this is actually proud of this this part all sticks out. I see. See. Ah, yes. Jogs out. We're looking at a front view of this photo, yeah. so it's not quite uh, telling us all of the uh, depth of it. Yeah, wow, well, it really changes it once you realize that, how the center is actually mm -hmm. protruding. Interesting. Yeah. I, You know, I could see that, you know, Victorian, think about, um, shoot, Sheila and Joe's house. Yep. Like, you know, that fireplace that was taken apart in the kitchen. Like, couldn't you have seen that in in yeah. that house, like uncovering something like that? Yeah. And they ha have a Victorian home. Yep. So next time we're, we're going to be able to go, you know, that's a Renaissance revival. Yeah. You see this bra that brass hardware? This is not a true. <laughs> true Victorian. And arts and crafts. Oh, I, a little early... Is, little early arts and crafts intro. Before I started uh, learning about all this, I sort of linked arts and crafts more closely with Victorian. I didn't necessarily think of um, Victorian as uh, all the flowery and ornate things because the only thing I knew were Victorian homes. Right. And um, usually on the inside, they were kind of... The, the only word I could use, you know, only description I had at that time was arts and crafts, you know, that sort of like frame and panel. Like, yeah. like you think of the inside of my house in the living room. Yeah. Those simple square columns and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so the arts and crafts movement was one of the most significant new style movements of the 19th century. Uh, Victorian designers and furniture makers sought to move away from the increasing mechanization of production and return to handmade items that weren't elaborately adorned with unnecessary ornamentation. Uh, characteristics of the arts and crafts movement included simple designs, straight lines, and natural or neutral upholstery. Um, I think most people in, into furniture probably are familiar with that. Yeah. Um, the designers of the arts and crafts movement aim to recapture the spirit of quality craftsmanship, and they developed a style to reflect these beliefs. We're going to get into this much deeper, but uh, we'll touch on it here in the Victorian period. Um, makers and designers such as William Morris, Edward Barnsley, and Philip Webb are all names to look out for. I, I tried to include a couple of names that uh, we weren't really that familiar with. Yeah, and they're, yeah like everybody knows William Morris, but... Right. 
Barnsley and Webb. Um, so uh, let's look at um, an arts and crafts fire grate in the style of Charles Voisey. He's another prolific arts and craft designer of the Victorian era. Whoa. Yeah, I guess there's a real distinction between, like, we all associate arts and crafts with the stickly stuff. Right. Which has a very um, distinct, you know, it's a very, uh, what, what the hell am I trying to say here? Uh, it's got a definitive look. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it all looks very similar. Like you can, you can, you put a bunch of stickly stuff. It all looks like it's from the same line mm -hmm. of stuff. But I think, you know, this early arts and crafts stuff that was going on in England was much different. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and there was an evolution within that style as well. I mean, flame finials. That's not anything I would ever expect to see on arts and crafts furniture. Right. Um, and you could see like the the squareness of the columns and things like that at the base. You, yeah. You know, you could see those elements and and the straight lines. This is like almost art deco. Yeah, yeah. But that those whole that that sculptural finial is and and the little back ones too. Yeah. I like this sort of like saucer detail <laughs> yeah. in the middle. I, I like the I like the rods going across to to hold the logs in. Yeah, they have like a little bit of a crook in them. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is sort of like a raised fireplace grate. Yeah. Um. Because it's what is it made out of silver? It's some kind of metal, isn't it? Unless I mean, it's painted. Look at the look at the are those like rivets or nuts and bolts? See see back there holding that back panel on in the sides. That. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's let's end this uh, chapter, I'm guessing, with more Victorian fun facts. Yeah. Oh, I like the I like the way this is going. <laughs> they they sent strange Christmas cards. <laughs> I've seen some of these uh, yeah. that my my grandmother has. <laughs> I May this. yours be a joyful Christmas with a dead bird. It's literally it's a, laying on its back. A, a lifelike, you know, painting of a dead bird. His feet curled in, and may yours be a joyful Christmas. <laughs> this is a, a beat. Yes, uh, a. Uh, um, is it anthrop anthropomorphized <laughs> beat with a ca walking cane and uh, a top hat and a monocle with a human head, got a collar flying out, and he's holding a a heart, I guess, made of dirt with yeah. a flower coming out of the top. It says, a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Oh, this next one's the best, though. Again, it says a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a a frog wearing pants and a vest. He's holding a, a sack that says, it's like 2000 on it? I think so. It's like some money, right? And he's running away from another frog that he has stabbed in the chest with a sword <laughs> and he's bleeding out. It's, it's so bizarre. Yeah, what... Was LSD invented in the Victorian period? Because these are pretty trippy. 
mean, this this guy's creepy. This beat, beat yeah, man. Yeah, a human beat man. This I don't understand at all. Yeah. Let's see what the description says. With a, a sack. Humanized vegetables. For instance, a beetroot with legs, arms, and a head wearing a top hat. Dead birds or frogs and animals killing each other were all popular images for a festive greeting. What the hell? Um, Merry Christmas. Here's a frog killing another frog with a sword. Death photos were also popular during the Victorian times. These I've heard of. Yeah, they like taking photos of the recently deceased, posing them as if they were alive, and sometimes had family members in the pictures. Yeah. Oh, I don't have any picture of that. Oh, man, body snatching. At the start of the 1800s, those studying anatomy were legally allowed to have and dissect the bodies of those condemned to death. Sadly for them, this was only around 55 people each year. For the ever-growing study of anatomy in medical schools, however, around 500 bodies were needed per annum. Wow. So we, we needed about 10 more bodies than we had available. Due to this high demand, body snatching became prevalent with many folk out to get a quick buck. Oh, became prevalent with many folk out to get a quick buck. They would dig up the recently buried and then sell the body to the local medical school. Jeez. The practice became so widespread that some relatives would often watch over the burials of recently deceased family members. Oh man, that's that's a ending there. Yeah, some weird uh some weird people. Ooh, doggy. So what'd you take from uh this uh this bit about the Victorian furniture styles? Um I mean, I guess just reinforcing that idea that it this is all an amalgamation of things in the past and that you know, really, there isn't one distinct style mm -hmm. of Victorian furniture. Yeah, that's that kind of quite uh, that kind of stuck with me as well. That yeah. um, there really is no one um, Victorian style. Mm -hmm. It's all a bunch of um, interpretations of the past. Yeah, and for the most part, pretty fancy stuff. Yeah, yeah, like definitely, they, yeah, highly ornate. They like that. Um, so uh, let's see. Next week we're getting into furniture production during the Victorian age. Oh yeah, that'll that'll be a real upper. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're sitting down when you listen next week. Um, well, you know the industrial revolution and all that. Yeah, it's a grim time. It is. It's. Uh, I mean, for people in our trade, it it just changes everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank goodness we have the onset of the arts and crafts movement, you know, to buoy our spirits. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll leave you at that, folks. And uh, if you want to help support the podcast, you can join our Patreon. And you can uh, use those coupon codes at Bits and Bits and at Vesting, American Craftsman. We have the links down in the description. It's always yeah. a big help. Um, hope you enjoyed We'll quick shippers too over at bits and bits oh yeah yeah so bits and bits is in oregon and uh we're in new jersey as you know and like you know a lot of times we have it in a couple days so yeah they're quick all right folks be well out there yeah we'll see you next week Bye.